Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show tonight, our Thursday night Survivor show. If you guys have a question on Survivor, you guys can call in um, 347-237-5506. Let's, let's have a great show, guys. It's May 11th, 2017. Welcome, Survivor fans. This is the Rad Reality Show Network. I'm Cherry Garcia. I'll be your co-host tonight, and I thank you for being here for Mike and the Mike. Our re- uh, Survivor Recap Show, hosted by Mike Albright, the number one Survivor fan in the world. He's currently met 468 Survivor alumni, and tonight he has one of them joining him on the show who holds his own Survivor title of being the youngest person to ever play the game. That's right, from Survivor Millennials versus Gen X, Will Wall is going to be with Mike to recap last night's episode. And if if you'd like to join in in the conversation with a question, a comment, or an opinion of your own, call in at 1-347-237-5506 and chat with Mike and Will. And once you're on our switchboard, we do ask to please remember to press the number one key on your phone that lets us know that you're ready to join us on air and you're not just listening to Mike and the Mics from our switchboard. Now, I'm going to play this little intro and we'll be right back with Mike on the Mic.
Super, super fan. Big Mike. Big Mike, you're up. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good evening, Sherry. I'm great. I've been checking uh, residence hall rooms and apartments for the past two days, looking for damages and getting ready for our rest of our students to leave campus. So I'll be very, very excited for Saturday afternoon around 5 because most of the students will be heading to their houses and not here with me. So I'm I'm busy, but very, very excited. And uh, we had a great episode of the show last night, so I'm really uh, looking forward to talking about it. It's been a, a bit, it's really good season. Game changers, all the whole cast is bringing it. Some people, you know, with interesting resumes, they're bringing it probably harder than anybody else that that's out there. So I, I've I've enjoyed this season for sure, and I can't wait to talk about this episode. How are you doing? I, I'm good. You know, I talked to somebody today who told me that they feel like. This season of Survivor is their favorite season of Survivor, and I don't know if I'd quite give it that, but I've enjoyed this season too. I would, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's my favorite season. There's just some that are more nostalgic, more old school stuff. But I think this is a great, great season. There's been a lot of just, you know, not all. There's been some great strategy, but it's not all been strategy. There's been some other just great scenes and great moments and. There's so much going on that it's it's amazing. All the twists and turns are are available except for like one idol. So it's it's great that everything's still in play. And as we gear up for two episodes, I I'm really curious what's going to happen at you know the final the final five or whenever that is on day 36 because there's so much still in play and there's so many scenarios of things that could happen. So I'm very excited for that. And the finale to go out to another finale and meet the the cast. The good part about this is I've already met all these people, so it's just getting you know skinnier picks with a few people I haven't seen in a while, like JT and a couple others. So and being trying to figure out who could be, you know, who their family and friends are. So there'll be a lot of survivors around at the finale in two weeks. So I'm just really excited. Yeah, you're gonna have a blast. And I believe we have your guest on the switchboard. Oh, great! I can't wait to talk to uh, talk to Will. So, bring yeah, bring him on in whenever you're ready. Let's do this. We have from Survivor Millennials versus Gen X, Will Wall with us. Hi, Will. Hi. How are you doing? We're great, man. I'm glad you could make it. You're the second one from your season. We had uh, Sunday on. Right after the season and ta- the our your our uh, end end of the season last season, so great to have you here. And what's it like being a season removed and watching, you know, a season you didn't directly have any part in as a fan now being part of this amazing thing? What's it What's it like watching the show now? It's great to like be a fan again. You know, it it really just feels like I'm watching real survivor again because my season didn't feel like survivor to me it felt a little bit too close to home a little bit too real this season i've uh completely avoided spoilers i've completely avoided um any kind of information whatsoever i've wanted to 
completely remove myself from all of that and be surprised at some of these moves that are happening. And I have been very surprised. I think you mentioned just a little while ago, I am shocked that all these advantages are still in play right yeah. now. And it's going to make a very exciting finish, and I can't wait to see how it unfolds. The one thing I've always waited, wanted to see, and I, I, I'm curious with so many idols still available with the three idols, I, there's never been all votes nullified, and I'm, I'm curious – is that something production's ever talked about that there is? Is there like a plan in place? I know there's a tiebreaker rule now that the first tiebreaker goes to rocks, so it's less like a, less likely for people to want to do a tie. But would you know what would happen if, say, everyone gets their vote nullified by an idol? What, what the hell happens? Do you have any ideas? Well, that's interesting because something similar to that happened in Cambodia, right? But yeah, because it was really the- close to happening, yeah. Yeah, but with this whole, like, new twist, I, like, where it would go straight to rocks, I don't know. I, I would assume that it would go straight to rocks, but I really don't know um, how that would actually work out. Yeah, that, that would be really interesting to say. So we got to get get to that. So walk us through one thing I, I love to talk about, and I don't know if you had a chance to catch any of the old ones we've done, is just the journey of the cast members to get on. And, you know, some people are trying out for – 15 years they've been applying since australia then they finally get on and you're the youngest player to ever get in the game so how the hell did that happen like walk us through like your journey to you know be in fiji what what happened i know you're right in the millennial or the uh yeah millennial age just with your age how'd you get in what happened yeah so i've been a fan for a very long time and i knew that when i turned 18 that i was going to apply and my strategy going into it was to kind of make the biggest impression possible. I didn't expect to get a callback. I didn't expect to get casted. I just wanted the people in casting to remember me so that mm-hmm. when I applied, say, when I'm 21 or 22 or when I thought I could actually get cast, uh, they would yeah. remember my name. You know, I never really thought that as an 18-year-old high school student I would ever have any chance of getting on. But I started, like, writing out scripts and, like, I really tried to figure out and try to put myself in the shoes of a casting director and what yep. would they want on the show and uh, what are they looking for. And one of the podcasts I listened to uh, was Rob has a podcast. Uh, he did a podcast yep. with, uh, I believe his name is Ken. I can't remember his last name, but he was a former casting director for uh, Survivor. And listening oh, to yeah, that podcast. Oh, yeah, for many years. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. I, yes, yeah. Yeah, and listening to that podcast really um, helped me kind of figure out what I needed to do in my videos. Like, one of the biggest takeaways I got from that podcast is not talking about Survivor too much in your application Mm -hmm. or on your audition tape because, you know, that happens so often. You know, almost everybody who applies is going to be talking about Survivor. Like, I'm a big super fan. That That's great, but what they really want to see is personality and character and mm-hmm. um, what sets you apart from the other super fans that are applying. So I think that yeah. was one of the biggest takeaways that I took uh, from that podcast and just hearing other players who've gotten on the show. Okay, cool. That's good for people listening because I know many many desire to do that, and I'm even finally in the mix of this whole thing, and I'm trying to craft – you know, what to say and how to say it. And, you know, we'll see down the road if uh, I'll be harassed in a hotel lobby like I do to everybody else. We'll, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Well, watching this season, you got you have two folks from your season, two from your tribe. So what's it been like watching 
Michaela and Zeke go through their journey and to have Michaela still there, which I, I was a little surprised she would get this far. No offense to Michaela, just kind of how she played in your season. And uh, Zeke, you know, just went out in an interesting way a couple weeks ago. So, Yeah, I, I'm honestly shocked that they have let Michaela get to this point. And mm-hmm. it, it's dangerous letting her get that far. She's very good in challenges. I don't think she's won an individual immunity yet, but she is a competitor, and I honestly can see her – you know, winning out at the last few. So you got to be nervous about somebody like Michaela, who, you know, I know that she's rubbed a few people the wrong way this season, um, but that doesn't change the fact that a lot of people still like her. I know a lot of people in exit interviews have said very kind things about her. And Mm -hmm. she is a very physical player, and that is always a big threat in this game. So I'm very shocked that they would let her get this far, and she's been playing an amazing game. Like, I think I tweeted out last night, like, I love seeing Michaela in the middle. I love seeing her, um, you know, be in control of a vote. You know, you could argue that, you know, maybe her social game, she has been rubbing people the wrong way, but Mm -hmm. her strategic game has been very, very good. And that's the reason why she's here is because – her strategic game has been spectacular for the majority of this season. Even if she's not completely in control of a vote, she knows when to speak out and she knows when to be quiet, and that's gotten her very far in this game. I like her uh, alliance, and I, it was neat that one of the only people that could probably talk to her that, that did was Suri, and in a unique, you know, similar demographics and everything. I think she really took to heart what Suri had to say, and it's Sri's been kind of working with her and being a, a big advocate for it. I'm I'm even more surprised that Sri didn't even get go to the tribal council before the merge. She's still here. I don't think she. I I don't have the, everything right in front of me. I don't think she's even gotten a vote. Like, how the hell is Sri here? Who arguably, you know, if it's a final three in Micronesia, she's a winner and probably gone already. So, how do you think? What do you think? What do you think about Michaela working with Sri? Do you think that's did you expect that, or did, would that surprise you? Or? I didn't expect it because I didn't think Suri would be around long enough to have that happen. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And that, I, I love it. I honestly love that alliance. And it, like Those two, along with Ty, would be an amazing final three. I would love to see yep. that happen. And um, I really, really like that alliance. And I think Suri has been playing a great game, too. I have nothing but great things to say about this final eight. I think everybody mm-hmm. this season has been playing an amazing game. Um, even Sierra, who was voted out last night, I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, can say things about her move last night about telling uh, Sarah about the legacy advantage, which I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll get into later on. Uh, but oh, I think yeah. everybody this season is playing uh, the hardest that they possibly can, and they're really putting their heart into it. And I think that's something um, that really shows this season. I think that's why it's a very interesting season to, to watch and I think especially this merge has been very, very fascinating and very fun uh, to see. I've really enjoyed this merge. And I've appreciated it, and I'm the first one that's a huge fan of all you guys, but when you look at the, a name like Game Changers and some of the folks when they announced the list officially, it was like, well, there's some interesting things, but I think someone like Sierra, when you go by like just you know how the show presented her the first time, I think she's really, you know, shown she is a great player and she deserved to be here entirely. And I know she was a last-minute addition of the season, so it's just kind of – I think it was interesting because some people were giving her and Haley a little bit of our time in the, you know, pre, preseason, just like, you know, what you know what game-changing moves are there. Every season that has, you know, a lot of veterans back, 
you know, us fans probably, and I don't know if the players critique it too. I'm not sure. It's just, it's neat to see the, you know, somebody like Sierra with, I would not say weakest resume, but just going into, you know, like when you think of certain cast members that resonate with certain things they do, it was just coming in. I didn't think much, but then she's a great person. And I think she did, you know, a great job in her and, uh, Brad and Ty and Troy Zander just find it out, but they're kind of in trouble. I think we're going to see some idols getting played pretty soon with, you know, where Ty is with his two, and I'm shocked he still – he didn't use it to save her. I know he's he, – he, he, I think Ty's playing a lot better from how he played in the past, so. Definitely. I, I think Ty has definitely – he's played with his heart a lot this game, but I think he knows when to turn it off. Like – I'm mm-hmm. sure that Ty, on a personal level, would have loved to give the idol to Sierra, especially because he knew she was going. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he was able to remove himself, and I really think that speaks to the growth of Ty as a player and yep. his strategy. If you were going to – you know, we're spoiler-free here, but your your heart was – you had your three you like. So who do you think's in the worst position now, and who do you think's in the best position? And then we'll kind of recap. I just hate to – there's a lot of podcasts that just recap, like, in minute six – this person said this, and I'm like, that's just kind of not what we're about here. So just generality, who do you think's in the worst spot now, and who do you think's in the best spot going into the final two episodes? Yeah, and I, I just want to say, like, I have absolutely no spoilers. I've stayed yeah, way yeah, far yeah. away from that. I'm Yeah, I definitely wanted to have a very pure experience this season. Um, so who I think is in the worst position right now is Andrea. I'm very surprised that Andrea didn't go home. And I think if it wasn't for the, uh, the legacy advantage, I think uh, Andrea would have went home. Um, if you're looking at uh, who's in the best position, I would probably say Brad. Um, okay. I don't, what, what was that? I just said, okay. I was just saying, I was just, yeah, I, I, I don't know why I get this vibe that Brad is just going to pull it out. And I know a lot of people have been saying Sarah because Sarah's been playing an amazing game. Um, But for some reason, I just have a feeling in my gut that it's going to be Brad. I would love to see somebody – I'd love to see Brad win too, but I would love to see somebody like Sarah or Sari win. Um, But, yeah, no, I I have this feeling in my gut that it's going to be Brad. I would I would echo that. I think he's playing great, and I think his yeah. You go look at Blood versus Water, just this persona online about Brad, and I think he's just gone against that. You know, he was the little interactions with Debbie about a month ago, and I was like, what the hell is Debbie's problem? Like Brad was like, hey, what do you want to do? And she's like, I want to do this, okay. And then she's like, blowing him up, and I was just yeah. I think Brad's got a good shot. I yeah, I agree. This final eight is extremely strong, and Sarah just so attentive to. Things like, you know, Michaela's sitting under there and sulking and being Michaela, and there's this advantage, and it's in, like, 150 font that says advantage, and she's not snagging that. And then Sarah just swims over and gets it. It's just, I just, I don't, can you walk, walk, walk us through what it's like to be in, out there? Like, how did, would you have been searching around sitting there? Do you think you would have done what Michaela did and just be kind of mad you're not getting the reward? You know, that happened, like, I think two weeks ago. Like, what? how far removed do you get from, like, the cameras and the producers? Is it, does it ever go away, or is it always in your conscious mind? Or No, it, it goes away pretty quickly, and I think that's really what shocked me is that a day into it, I stopped noticing the cameras. I was just, okay. this is my life. You know, this became 
everything um, that I was doing. And as far as Sarah being able to pick out um, these advantages and really, um, you know, kind of have this social awareness about her um, that's impeccable, like I have not been able to see that in a lot of other Survivor players because you do get kind of removed. Um, You do get kind of the hunger and the lack of sleep, it does start to get to you to the point where, uh, yeah, it's very easy for somebody sitting on their couch to say, Michaela, why didn't you notice that advantage mm-hmm. right by your feet at that one challenge? But when you're hungry and you're tired, and um, it's very difficult to yeah. always be aware and to always be looking. There are going to be times where you kind of zone out, and I, I, I'm sure that's what happened with Michaela. She was just upset yeah. because she couldn't go on the reward. She was going to be sitting out regardless, and um, she wasn't even thinking about an advantage or about the game. Okay. Sherry, I've been monopolizing old Will here. I, I mean, that's my job as the host, but do you have any uh, anything before we start just the kind of nuts and bolts recap of everything? Do you have any questions for him or how he feels about anything? I like that you I... stayed away from the, the um, spoilers because I've had somebody tell me spoilers about a Survivor season before, and it, it does spoil the entire season. You know, if you already know what's going to happen before it happens and you know who wins and all that before the season ends, to me, it just ruins the season for you. And Mm -hmm. I had somebody tell me spoilers one season, and I absolutely hated it. And I've never, ever gone for spoilers ever again. And so I'm, I'm glad you stayed away from them and are enjoying the season without knowing what's going to happen because to me it takes away the fun, you know. Yeah, it it's certainly something that for me just coming off of the season two, like I needed that break from knowing the behind the scenes and knowing like what was actually happening. It's just, it helped me to kind of become a fan again, I guess, because Playing the game is fun. I love playing the game. I hated watching myself on TV. I hated watching the show. So to Mm. kind of remove myself from that and to be like, I'm a fan again. This season doesn't have anything to do with me. That that felt great. Yeah, that was a lot of a lot of fun to not have those spoilers and that knowledge uh, in the back of my mind. Were you um, Were you going and cross referencing what people were trying to speculate? Just kind of laughing when you actually knew what all had happened. Was there some of that moment as a fan to see like, well, this is I know what happens. But did you by chance like check sucks or anything and see like everyone speculating this, that, and the other, and then just watch the crazy things people were saying would happen? Yeah, I mean, during my season, you mean? Yeah, during your season, yeah. Yeah, I you know, I thought it was very funny hearing people's, like, opinions and guesses. I did actually look for spoilers on, like, Survivor Sucks and Reddit yeah. uh, to see if I could find any uh, preseason spoilers. And I'm very proud to say that there were, I don't think, any accurate spoilers on my season because nobody really spoiled it. For, like, if, if a season's going to get spoiled, it's going to be spoiled by somebody in the cast. And I don't think anybody in my season spoiled it for the community, which I think is great. And as a fan of the show, I'm very proud that nobody from my season actually did that. Um, but I, I couldn't tell you for certain. I just couldn't find any spoilers myself when I was looking for it, or at least the things that I found was wrong. 
Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm very happy that there were not too many spoilers on that season. That's good. One the one of the last times I got a direct spoiler was with a cast member from this season before she unfriended me then refriended me with Sandra over an online game I voted her out. But I was sitting there at a charity event and uh, somebody from Blood vs. Water walked by and Sandra goes, "Hey, who's the final three? And that person told Sandra, and I'm like, "Damn it, Sandra! Like, I don't want any spoilers." And she, but she definitely that was she was a whole other place. I'm like. All right, I'm not going to sit by you while we play cards anymore because I'm tired of getting spoilers. So that was an unfortunate thing. By being a little too close to the action, I guess. So I'll try to not have that happen. Uh, Recapping-wise, you know, the previous on Survivor, always good to see them encapsulate 42 minutes and 42 seconds. And we come into it, and they get back to camp, and then the reaction from the vote last week. So what did you have any opinions coming back from camp? And I know one of the things we, we talk about here and we're aware of is, you know, from, from what I can understand, there's like a gag order from tribal council until you get back to camp, like back by the tribe flag. So then everyone, you know, was bursting, wanting to talk. And then Ty wanted to talk about the vote. I, I was kind of thinking that was a weird reaction. Like, do you think people were actually going to talk about this from somebody that's in Game Changers? Did you, did you, what do you think of Ty's reaction when they got back to camp from the vote at the beginning. Yeah, so just to refresh my memory, Ty asked them, like, uh, wh- wh- who voted for me? Like, what happened? And they were kind of, like, yeah. brushed them off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah th- that really surprises me because, um, I don't know, it's usually very awkward when you get back mm-hmm. um, from tribal council, especially if there's a blind side. I remember the uh, time Michelle went uh, was one of the most awkward nights of my life because nobody was really talking to me much. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it's very weird for somebody to abruptly say, like, we're not going to talk to you about this, like, scram, get out of my face about it. Like, that, that's a little weird. Like, that never happened to me. That's something that I, I just, I don't think that's good social gameplay. If you, if you want to get Ty back on your side, talk to him, you know, reach out to him a little bit and try to explain what happened to him um, so that he can kind of begin to piece things together. Because right now he got, like, I don't know. I think he got like three or four votes for that tribe, probably three. So three, three, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's probably scratching his head, wondering what what just happened. So from Ty's perspective, I can't imagine um, how afraid he must have been in that moment, and how confused that people would kind of brush him off like that. And I don't really think it was um, that good of social strategy from the other side to do that and to basically tell him, you know, that they're not going to talk to him. Yeah, I thought it was weird both ways from Ty because I think Ty socially is – it's not his best part of the game. And then the reaction, I thought it was just mutually strange, a mutually strange scene. Because, you know, last week it was – when Zeke went home 5-3-2, to three to two, I was running some numbers because I'm a survivor nerd, as you're well aware. But I wanted to know how many players had been voted out with uh, less than a majority vote because Zeke went in a in a 50% vote. It was 5-3-2. to three to two. Well, when I did the research, I didn't. I didn't think. Would you be shocked to know that twelve cast members have been eliminated with less than fifty percent of the vote not involving idols? Really? Like, yeah. We I ran the numbers for the show last week when we had our guest on, and they were they were surprised. Billy was not didn't as a big fan too. I I just didn't think it was that many. I was thinking, you know, Gretchen, Cordy, and Borneo. 
came to me and Bob Dog from, you know, Cerise's first season. Those are the only ones, too, that I resonated with, but there were 10 other people. So I just found that to be like a interesting stat. I'm not going to rattle them off. I can send you a message if you really care, but it was just an interesting stat because Zeke almost went, you know, less than majority vote. And that's just neat with, you know, it's newer survivor. You know, multiple people are getting votes. It's no, none of these pagongings anymore. So I, it's, it's, you know, these trust clusters is what did Hannah call it last time with the ever-evolving game. Do you see tangible differences in your season and this season versus even, you know, co-wrong with, you know, people are switching allegiances much more than historically they would? Yeah, it's very interesting because I feel like I can't speak to co-wrong or to this season uh, as mm-hmm. much, but I know in my season – there was an alliance with kind of these, as Hannah would call them, trust clusters. Um, it's kind of like the facade going. Um, and that's what really tricked a lot of people who weren't in the core alliance. And the core alliance was, um, I, could, I could rattle up the numbers. Adam was a part of it, Jessica. You know, it, was basically, it wasn't me. It wasn't, I yeah. wasn't in that alliance. But, um, and it really was, interesting because we there was an alliance that kind of hid behind the facade of these trust clusters or uh, mm-hmm. these moving alliances that weren't really as cemented. Um, so I don't know if it's going on in this season or if that happened in Korong, um, but I can mm-hmm. say that for my season, alliances were present. It was just kind of lied about, and nobody was really honest to each other about what the actual alliances were. Because I think you guys had a higher percentage of people that seemed, you know, bigger fans and knew more game than, uh, you know, a lot of the time some of the cast is just, you know, casting finds interesting people, that but they don't really know the game well. I think your season has a really high percentage of just people that have been wanting to get in the game for a long time that were just really, you know, smart about the game. So you guys really brought it to a whole other level, and I think they're continuing it this season dramatically, this new age of, you know, I'm an old school guy, true and true. My favorite season's Africa, and that was a, you know, straight up elimination. Aside from the, you know, when you know Brandon switched sides, but I, I like it. It makes the show, you know, more compelling. Uh, whatever keeps the show on my TV, I like. Uh. Yeah, it it is interesting, and I kind of, I like this whole idea of not having alliances. Um, I think it definitely makes for very compelling strategy and very compelling TV. However, I do think that an alliance just hanging another alliance, it, that can also be kind of interesting too. So I feel like it can go either mm-hmm. way, and it really does depend on the characters and um, or the people really that are playing the game and their personalities and how they sure. actually play it. So. Yeah, especially with people we like, we get to know. Like, you know, you have your biases, especially if you know all these people coming in. But if it's totally random people, and if I think a lot of it has to do with you know SEG and the editors, you know, they can, you know, they can only take what you guys do, and, and but they can splice something together anyway, and you know, make people heroes and villains and neutral. So it's it's neat how who we like and why we like. And then I, I know for like season seventeen that Bob Crowley won. You know, I, I wasn't supposed to like Randy and Corinne and Marcus and Charlie. I guess they were trying to sell the other side better, but I just couldn't stand the the Fong folks. So just it's, mm-hmm. it's weird how the presentation of it, because even, you know, I was talking at a charity event that I helped with that with Michelle. I was like, 
you know, all these fans just thought Aubrey would win. We just didn't know anything about you. And I felt bad because now I'm hanging out with you at an event, riding around. We're talking about your game. You're talking about specific things that happened. I said, I wish you would have been presented in a different way. It was kind of like Sophie in South Pacific. We didn't really get to see much of her. So I'm just kind of curious. Some of these people we're not really seeing, and are we going to, you know, how's that going to pan into the end result? You know, are we going to see somebody we've been getting a good picture of the entire thing, or are we going to be blindsided, you know, as fans? So that's kind of hard as a fan. You, you understand what I'm saying, though? The, the presentation of some of you guys from from production is just, it's interesting. They, you know, they only take what you guys do, but they definitely have their own agendas. <laughs> yeah, it is very interesting. And I think um... – you know, I, I don't know necessarily what goes on in the heads of the editors. That, that's um, yeah. I, I just I, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes I am left scratching my head. Like this season with Aubrey, like why is Aubrey getting such a little edit? I I have no idea. Um, mm-hmm. But that is very interesting, and I'm sure I know that there's a whole edgic community that's based on trying to analyze oh, yeah. that, and trying to figure that out. Um, but it's 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 really interesting. It just how drastic a change in edit could be for somebody like Aubrey um, from mm-hmm. her first season to this season. It's not like, I mean, she's an amazing narrator. I mean, you look at Korong yes. and yeah. yeah, that's what blows my mind. Like, even if she's not in control of the game, at least she could like narrate what happened at a challenge, you know? And that, that's what I think really surprises me is that she hasn't even gotten these like narrating confessionals. So I don't know what that her, Yeah, her wit and wit or her wit and all that just isn't here and then you know, one could say, well that's how Michelle was presented in the season with Aubrey and then Michelle prevails. Maybe it's a good sign for Aubrey that we're not getting to know her because we already got that good side with it. Or maybe it just means she doesn't do well. It's just so weird to read into all all that's going on. So um next we have the whole after the tie and then three strategizing and trying to figure out how they need to break up, break up Brad and Sierra. Then we get Sierra the next morning opening up and she's trying to, you know, save her own skin. And you talked about, you know, giving the legacy advantage to Sarah and strategically not the best move, but she's trying to build a bond with somebody. So I understand, you know, why she added, and we can, we've kind of talked about that. And then the show spent a significant portion of time on, the family visit. So you got to experience that. Walk us through, like, on, like, a survivor bucket list. What are most of the cast? I know the family visit is something that most people aspire to get to. So what what was it like being out there and then experiencing that on your own and then, I guess, watching it now a, a season removed? I know I get, I get teary-eyed every time because I'm going to meet these people in, like, two weeks, um, and I've already met a lot of these family members in the past. So what was that all like to watch, you know, a season removed? It was actually kind of like weird for me to see it. And I kind of had this Mm -hmm. very, I was a little bit like uncomfortable even. It was was a very weird thing watching a season removed. And, um, you know, I love the family visit, you know, when I'd watch it as a fan, that's one of my favorite episodes, like seeing everybody's family and seeing, getting like, you get more character development. Yes. And you get to see more people as bull rather than characters on a reality show. And I really think that's important for, you know, the viewer at home to really understand, like, more of who these people are. Um, but for this time, for some reason, um, this season, I just had a – and maybe it is because I'm 
this is the first time I'm seeing it after I played, but yeah. it was a very weird reaction I got from it. And it was just, I, I don't know. It just, it didn't seem, it seemed a little bit weird to me and I can't put my finger on what it was. I tried to figure it out. But with that being said, I think you can definitely see the bonds that these people have. Oh, yeah. And I, I love I, I met Michaela's mom at, in L.A., mm-hmm. and she is one of the funniest, nicest people I have ever gotten the opportunity to meet. And to see her out there with Michaela and to have Michaela say, like, I wanted this so that I could give my mom this vacation, like, so she, so she could come out here. And I don't think I've ever heard a Survivor castaway, like, put it that way. You know, like, I, I didn't get here to the loved one's visit so that I could see my loved one. I did it for my mom so that my mom could experience this in her life. And that really touched me. And I think that was the one, like the biggest moment for me of that uh, episode was hearing Michaela talk about her mom like that. And then also seeing um, Suri with her 18 year old son and seeing Monica Culpepper again, there were definitely some great moments uh, in that loved one's visit that I really enjoyed. I, I would agree. And I'm I think a huge, what I saw, oh, sorry, Cherry, go ahead. I'm a huge Michaela fan. I adore Do Michaela. Yes, I love Michaela. I think she's awesome. I know she isn't playing the best game, but I adore her. You know, I, I do I, too, yeah. I just think she is awesome. And to see her with her mom just made my night last night, you know, to see her so happy to have her mom out there. I I can't even explain it. I was smiling ear to ear when she was talking about how happy it made her to, to be able to do that for her mom. You could just tell how much it meant to her. And she's just such a good, a good kid. And, I realize she isn't playing the best survivor game strategically. I think she's learning. She's had to learn how to hold her emotions back and not say everything that's on her mind because I think she's been brought up to speak her mind. And so, you know, she gets on survivor and now she has to learn how not to speak her mind you know, and to pull back and to have different social skills. And it's a learning curve for her. But she's a a competition beast, and there's just something about her I really, really like. And I was so happy for her last night. But you're always happy, you know, for everyone that gets to see the family on Survivor, so... I think it was weird. What I felt was a little weird, and I saw some people comment online, it felt like like Probst was maybe milking it a little too much, maybe. That's why I was getting a little reaction from some of the people I see. Maybe that's the only thing that felt a little weird. It was like Jeff Probst's talk show 2.0. I don't know. Maybe that's the vibe I got then. I I don't know exactly why. Maybe that was it. I didn't actually see that, but that that could be it. yeah, but seeing the people individually, and I think taking away the whole aspect of it's a TV show, you still get those magical moments. And you know, speaking oh, yeah. about Michaela too, um, I think she's definitely going to get a third chance to play. That's just my hope. Mm-hmm. And I think give her a few years, 
and I think she could win this whole thing. And I think, I think she's one she of the could. competitors. Yeah. She so. had to also go back to back, which is a lot. Not very. Some people have had to do that, and she didn't really get to watch much of herself on TV, and then going right back back to back. And you know, her and Zeke and what Malcolm and a few other. You know, like less than ten people have had to do that. So, you know, props to them for having to go out without much of a way to watch how they're portrayed. So. Yeah, I agree. I think that definitely adds a whole new level that uh, she had to deal with this time. And, yeah, I, I really do believe if she comes back a few years from now for whatever season they would have it, um, I think she I, she may be my winner pick. Like, I really hope that she can come back and take it all. I would. Who knows? She, maybe she'll do it this time. You never know. Yeah, we never <laughs> – we have we have no clue. And uh, I was – the battle for this family trip and this barbecue – um, you know, Culpepper and Aubrey and, uh, wow. And Andrea pulled through when that challenge, it was pretty much a domination. I thought, you know, Brad gets to the end and I'm like, well, he might have a little bit of trouble and he just is like whipping those things off. So they, they win and they get to take their family. Did you, did you like who they chose? And if you, if you don't, what would you have done differently? Will uh, with who they decided to take with them. So I think emotionally, if I was just thinking based on emotion and not strategy, I would have mm-hmm. taken Suri first, too. You know, you think yep. she has her high school son, uh, you'd have to take Suri. With that being said, I think for an alliance, from Andrea's perspective, you've got to take Michaela. Yep. Um, because Michaela is a swing vote, and you need to take her on this reward. And I think Suri will understand. I think Suri would be angry, but she would understand. She would get over it. Um, whereas Michaela, as we saw, was very hurt by that and felt like she wasn't being treated well by her other Alliance members. And that's mm-hmm. something that um, I think really speaks to the fact that they should have taken uh, Michaela first. And then I, you probably could have taken Suri instead of Sarah as a second pick. Um, okay. Two. I... I'm trying to think who else would I, I just I think Michaela is a must. You have to take Michaela. Maybe Ty too to try to get Ty on your side because after last vote he might be a swing vote too. Um, but yeah, I, I if I had to go based on strategy, I'd probably say Michaela and Ty. Okay, that makes sense. I I agree with that. Those options. And I I think was it maybe three because her kid was there in the graduation and maybe Sarah. Like I don't know how recent. Well, she had her kid. I, I don't. I should know that better than I do. But I'm trying not to be all up in every survivor's life all the time. But I think she recently had her son. But it was like a year or two, right? It's not like it wasn't like a newborn. I don't believe. You know, I but, I couldn't tell you. I'm not sure. Yeah, me neither. I. But um, the the minorities there, and they're they're they feel disenchanted, and there was a lot of good strategy talk there, and I I thought they almost. They, well, they ended up going against, but they ended up going against their fellow minority. So I just didn't understand the reasoning there with why the flippers didn't want to, you know, the one group's getting knocked down. I wonder why they didn't, why do you think they, they were seeing Brad just too tight as a twosome, that they had to bust that up when Brad had immunity? Do you think that's, you know, why would you not try to cut down these other big groups of people? You're asking about the Sierra Brad and why they wanted one of them out. Yeah, why would um, we, why why would the emphasis be there instead of 
you know, this large group of people like Andrew and Sari and Aubrey who are, you know, no slouches either. So Yeah, I I think I think a tight pair is always a fear where if you have like a trio maybe you can try to flip one of the three, whereas with a tight pair it's very hard to break them up. Um, I also think, too, it might be a little bit of emotion thrown in there as well. Sierra and Brad at the beginning of the merge uh, were very arrogant. I think Sierra especially kind of uh, was like, I'm the new sheriff in town and this is my island kind of thing. And um, that might have rubbed a few people the wrong way. We might have not even seen that. I know it. Um, I'm not sure if it rubbed Debbie the wrong way. I can't remember that far back. But I know it, it might have rubbed some of the other people on the other side the wrong way. So maybe that's why um, the majority decided to target Sierra um, instead of, say, an Andrea or a Suri or one of these other big uh, players. But it, there are bigger threats in the game, I think, especially. But I go back and forth because Michaela brought up a very good point, too. We voted out Zeke, who was technically a member of our alliance. If we vote somebody else out from our alliance, then that's only going to weaken our side even more. Sure, so, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I, I think maybe that's where they were coming from, but it's hard to tell, too, because we don't get all the information. So it's kind of oh, hard no. to see um, exactly what everybody was thinking. But I, I could see a few different angles on why Sierra and Brad were the two signaled out. I mean, that makes sense. And I'll harken back to your, your, your season, and we didn't get to talk to you during it. Uh, you had a pretty n- notorious twosome on yours. Um, as a fan and somebody that was actually in the middle of it, how dumb and crazy was the way Taylor tried to work with Figgy in your season? Like, well, just how, how – I guess this kid was just that enamored. Like, what, what happened there? I mean, I mean, people tried to talk him down, but it was like – insane to watch as a fan and you were a big fan so I guess what was it like to be there and experience that yeah you know I don't even think it was that bad of a move for Taylor I think it was much worse of a move for Figgy Uh, Figgy's also a super fan and I think it hurt her game a lot more because the perception around camp wasn't um oh my gosh Taylor is you know running the show it was that Figgy was running the show with Taylor as kind of like her sidekick and everybody wanted Figgy gone as as a few people explained, I want Figgy gone so I can work with Taylor. Uh, So it really hurt Figgy's game a lot more than it hurt Taylor's game. And it really shocked me too, because Figgy's a super fan. So I think a a lot of super fans know, like you don't want to get into a showmance with somebody on survivor. Like it's like, difficult enough to be in a showmance on Big Brother. It's that much harder to work a showmance on Survivor. So it's um, it was very shocking to me to see that all play out. Um, I'm not really sure what either one of their end games were uh, and how they planned on working that, uh, but it certainly hurt Figgy a lot more than it hurt Taylor. I think Taylor... Figgy getting voted out pre-merge was the best thing that could have happened to Taylor because yeah. it kind of opened him up to work with people again. He ended up eating food, which, you know, ostracized him from the tribe. You know, he stole it in the mm-hmm. middle of the night or whatever. But um, I'm still confused as to what happened with all that. Um, I, I okay. still can't tell you. But it um, Taylor should, you know, Taylor was kind of freed up after Figgy was voted out to work with other people. 
But I, I don't know. I don't really understand either one of their strategies all too well and what they were really thinking. Well, it makes sense. It was just an illusion as a strong pair. And, you know, we've had some stuff from your season. We didn't really get to, you know, you know cover much. I have a question. Uh, yeah, what is it? What do you think about Sierra telling Sarah about the um, advantage and telling her that she's going to <clears throat> gift it to her if she does get voted out? Yeah, so the way that I see it is that you never want to give another Survivor player incentive to see you get voted out. And I'm guilty of it, too. You know, on my season, I gave Brett and Sunday plenty of reasons to want me gone. But I think Sierra took it a step further by saying, if you get rid of me, you're not only getting rid of a threat, but I'll also give you this advantage. And I think... I know that Sierra was doing it to build trust, but I think there's a big difference between telling somebody you have an idol versus this new legacy advantage. And I don't, I don't fault Sierra as much as maybe some other people do because I do think she was experimenting. And that's what Survivor's about. It's about experimenting, trying new things, seeing what'll work. She thought that she was on the outs and going next anyway. So she thought, Hey, I might as well build trust. And yeah, maybe she did it in, a, you know, in not a perfect way, but she still tried. And I give Sierra a lot of credit for trying because a lot of people this season, we talked about it a little bit earlier, didn't give her a lot of credit from her first uh, in, what was it? Um, uh, Worlds, Worlds Apart. Apart. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Worlds Apart. And, oh, like, she didn't get a lot of credit for her first season, but at least she tried this season. And I do give her a lot of credit for that. And I think she tried to use the legacy advantage in a way that wasn't really used before, you know? And did it work out for her? No, but I respect the fact that she tried to use it in a different way. Um, granted, it certainly gave Sarah a lot of reason to want her vote, uh, want her gone. And I think, too, by reading um, some Sierra's exit press, um, talk, she talked about how... Sarah really did a great acting job at Tribal Council where she was crying when Sierra was voted out and was shocked that Sierra actually got voted out, whereas Brad really didn't have much of a reaction, which is why Sierra thought that Brad flipped on her and not Sarah. So it was really, really good there, and I really do think that only uh, speaks more to the game that Sarah is playing. That makes a lot of sense because that was the only part I was going to critique, Will, until you mentioned that because I haven't had a chance checking these rooms and apartments all day to see that. So I thought it was just poor play. But, if yeah, if Brad had that reaction and Sarah did what Michaela did last week when she cried about Zeke when she still voted for him, yeah. So I think there's some very high-level gameplay going on for sure. Wow. Yeah, it really – it makes me think that there's going to be a lot of third-time players from this cast. and or, well, There's already a lot of third- and fourth-time players, but a lot of people returning again for another shot. Uh, I could definitely see that from a lot of these people because a lot of these people are playing a very strong, very uh, tough game. Um, this could be a loaded question if you're ever in the mix for, I guess, another season, but you don't have to answer, I guess. But who would you most like to – see that you haven't gotten to see play a second time and who are you frankly tired of seeing play survivor and if you don't want to answer the last part that's fine man i want to hurt your chances on a future season but yeah you know uh, who i'm tired i'll answer the tired one first because 
I don't think there's that many names I could come up with. And I'm happy to answer. I'm not going to dodge it. But it's just the thing is, is that you can play Survivor so many different ways each time you play. I even think Ozzy, somebody who's been out there so many different times, I could still see him out there again. And I wouldn't. I w- he wouldn't be my first pick on a list, but I wouldn't be disappointed yeah. to see him because I feel like yeah. in his own way he's evolving, and we all kind of evolve over time a little bit. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset to see anybody out there unless I, – I actually, I, I am able to answer that. If it's somebody from my old season who has any animosity towards me, and I don't know who that is, I don't know any names – but I think that's a pretty safe, vague answer to give. If anybody out there from my original <laughs> season doesn't like me, uh, I don't want to see them out there. Um, yeah. As far as people I'd want to see again, um, I'd love to play with Ty. I think it'd be great okay. to get a chance to play with him. Um, some people who haven't had a second chance, I mean, I've always liked Mike Calloway. I think it'd be really interesting to play with him, a uh, former winner, oh, too. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think – it would be great to get an opportunity to play with him. Um, I'm trying to think who else hasn't gotten another chance out there. Um, I'd love to play with Jay again. I think it'd be really fun um, for my season to play with him again, see how uh, he's grown and how I've grown and see if we can try to work together in this game. And Mm -hmm. man, um, this is a loaded question. Trying to like think back to past seasons and see, I would love to play with Jim Rice. That's somebody else oh, who yeah, almost got on second chances. In, yeah, yeah I, I was voting for him every time in second chances. I really wanted to see him get another chance to play, and I hope um, maybe I'll get to play with him. I would also, and I know this is crazy, but I've always said that I would love to have a final two deal with Shane Powers. Just go to the end, promise him I'd never write his name down. I know that, you know, he can be a little bit erratic, but I do think he's loyal, and if you're loyal to him, he's not going to write your name down. Um, but he never yeah. wrote down Aris's name, so I I would trust Shane out there. He was uh, at your finale. It was great to meet all you guys, but it was neat because when I met Shane, my picture like he came to one charity event way back in the day, and I just couldn't find my picture. And I was like, "Hey man, can we get a picture?" He's like, "Yeah, Mike." And I've been following your journey online. I'm like, "Well, that's cool," because Shane's is such a you know interesting character. But I think he got one of the biggest raw deals at Second Chances because of all those dudes over fifty he would have just brought so much to that season. And I think they've shown with all the people that didn't make second chances that are on this season. I think, I hope he gets another shot because he just plays the game in such a different way. I would love to see Shane for sure. Yeah. I'm hoping that I'm, I'm still holding out on the idea that maybe he'll come back and hopefully I'll be out there with him and we could play a game together. Cause I would love to, uh, play Survivor against Shane Powers. That'd be an amazing season. I would smuggle in cigarettes just to win his favor. So we, we'll, <laughs> I don't know where I'm smuggling them, but we'll see. I'll pull a Richard Hatch, and he'll have some. He'll have a dirty cigarette, but he'll have one, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Well, um, the immunity challenge. A little. I mean, I I I love John Kierhofer, and I love the production team, but it's, I feel a little repetitive somehow this season with some of the challenges. They're different, but they seem similar. I didn't, we haven't seen that exact challenge, but it just felt similar to this kind of time frame. You know, where's the people, where's the challenge with the feet or is this some different wrinkle? 
Uh, Culpepper outlasted everybody. I was I was thinking Ty might, you know, Ty. I thought Ty had him, but you know, Brad, Brad got through, and that pretty much sealed Sierra's fate. Do you think? I guess Brad doesn't have immunity. Do you think Brad would have been the target? What What did your gut tell you there, or your brain, or whatever? You know, for some reason, I feel like Brad would not have ended up going just because I feel like Sarah would have been able to flip it to Sierra to get that advantage. I think as soon as Sierra told Sarah, like, hey, I got the legacy advantage and I'm going to give it to you, I think Sarah knew I need to get her out. Um, So I have a feeling, unless Sierra won immunity, I don't think Brad was even going to be a name. I think it still would have ended up being Sierra versus um, Andrea at the end of it. Um, I know that people were talking about Brad in the beginning, I think, and again, I have no idea I wasn't out there, but I think he would have been all right. And I think I Ty might Taylor have been more likely that. to give him an idol. So Yeah, yeah, that, that's true, too. Ty might have actually given him an idol, because I know Ty and Brad were very close. Um, so that that could have been the scenario in which Ty uh, gave an idol up, yeah. Sorry, Sherry, I cut I you off. Was... I don't want to interrupt your thought. No, that's okay. I thought Michaela was going to pull that um, challenge off. She was the last woman standing, and she was looking really strong. And I thought she was going to pull it off, and one of the sticks came out of the side pocket of that ball, and she dropped. And I hated it for her because I thought she was going to make it. You know, she can be a real challenge beast, and... I think she would have really liked to have, you know, just for her mom being out there and everything, won that challenge just to, you know, show she could do it and uh, get back in that winner's circle. She, I think she needs the the little oomph in her confidence right now. Yeah. I, I think to Michaela, I, I was rooting for her that challenge too. But after, like, the episode, I really thought back on it. And I think it was actually good that she didn't win it because that would have shown how much of a beast she actually is. Whereas I'm thinking Michaela's just going to win a bunch in a row towards the end. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they haven't seen how good she actually is, that kind of protects her a little bit. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Um, because I'm really good. hoping hope that, that she goes on a run. I hope you're you're right. I really do. I hope that comes true, and she just takes a good long run at the end, and and pulls out you know a streak of wins at the end. Because we know she can do it. She's done it before. She's won yeah. a number of challenges in a row. And she summarized it best, the we versus me. I That was, uh, I can't believe 34 seasons in, like, episode 10, that we're just hearing something that just summarizes that. And I guess some from somebody out there, how did, like, does it just, do you just see people talking and they stop talking to you, like, when you finally went? Or how did you know when the we became they're coming for me? Like, is it tangible or is it just some kind of, you know, second sight, sixth sense, you just, you just know? Like, what's it like out there? For me, when I was out there, um, 
I think the time that I really realized that I started to feel uncertain was when I talked to David and Ken. Because yeah. David and Ken were the two people who were going to be – the way that I thought the vote was going to go was two votes for me, six votes for David. Mm-hmm. And um, it ended up being flipped, um, six votes for me, two David. And I yeah. thought that David and Ken were going to be the two on the outs. And my plan was after that, you know, David to get voted out, I would go back to Ken and try to work with him, whatever. But um, when I talked to David and Ken before my tribal – um, David and Kendall seemed very, like, calm. Like, they knew what was going on, and they, they didn't really seem to be scrambling or that frantic. And I think that's when you start to get a little bit nervous. And it's not even something that I consciously realized. Like, I didn't even talk about it in any confessionals. It's more mm-hmm. so something that I realized after the fact, like running through okay. scenarios in my head. I was like, I should have picked up on that. But yeah. that was when I started to feel a little bit uneasy during the day, and I couldn't put my finger on what it was. But at Tribal, I kind of had this, like, bad feeling in the pit of my stomach that something was going to go wrong. Okay. Um, before we talk about next time on Survivor, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about probably the biggest water cooler moment on the show since probably All-Stars or – Australia or Borneo, and I'm going to be, you know, as sensitive as I can, because I, I mean, I've just recently met your cast and Zeke. I've known Jeff Barner for a long time, just as a person, somebody that played with Zeke, and just as a fan, like, what was your feelings with what happened a month ago, and just everything that happened? Like, what was that like to experience, especially knowing Zeke more than we even know Zeke? You know, just being his fellow, you know, cast member on that particular season and the alumni in general, you know, I, you're the closest person to this that we've had. You know, we had artists and Billy and a few other people. Just what's your just general reaction to, to that? Because it's a it was a big moment in the show's history. Yeah, um, it was a very difficult episode for me to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I ended up like having my head down the majority of the time I couldn't even really like look at the screen and I remember it was just a very surreal moment um where I didn't feel like this can't actually be happening and I did read Zeke's article the day before um mm-hmm. where Zeke was talking about hey I'm going to announce this before the show airs and I've gotten permission from CBS to do this and um and he talked about it. However, I didn't read it thoroughly enough. And I, I okay. thought that Zeke was going to say it on his own term. I did not okay. think that Varner was going to say that as tribal. And that's what really kind of – it shocked me. And I was, you know, mm-hmm. all, I, all I can say is that it doesn't change anything. Zeke is one of the most intelligent, uh, strong oh, yeah. men that I have ever had the opportunity of meeting. And it, it really just shows how strong he is as a person. And I, I, I really don't know what else to say than that. I think yeah. this is all, this should be, people should highlight how strong he is for just the words that he's been saying. Like, if you read his, the articles he's been writing and uh, the interviews he's had, he really has been able to articulate it in a way that um, it, 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 show, it just shows how strong he is and how strong the community in general is. 
Um, and I think that's the biggest thing to highlight. For sure, and I would want to echo everything you said. The only the only thing from the exit interview, and, I, and I'm not going to defend him because that's not my place as a, just somebody on the sideline, but I think the only tangible thing that Jeff said in his you know emotional post-day interview was thinking that during your season, just like they did with um, Audrey on Big Brother, that, that Zeke's personal experiences would have been portrayed by CBS, and they would have tried to talk about it before it was up to his terms. So I, I understand that by no means am I condoning that whatsoever what Jeff did, but from what he was trying to explain is he felt like it would have been something part of your season, like, you know, you know, who Zeke is as a person would have been possibly a story point and to not know that he should never have done what he did. I'm not saying that by any means, but that made some sense in my brain from a contextual way that he's just trying to explain where his mind was at. So I, I don't want to condone Jeff in any way. I've known him for a long time. He's a great guy. Zeke's a great guy. All you guys are awesome. You know, the ladies are awesome. So I'm trying to be as, um, you know, I don't know. It's hard to talk about this whole topic in general. But I did find that interesting that that, that does make a lot of sense that being the first cast member that is transgender that I'm surprised CBS didn't make a bigger deal of it until what happened on that episode. So for whatever it's well, worth. Yeah. And I think that speaks to um, CBS too and how mm-hmm. they let, they, they talked to Zeke about it beforehand and everything. And according to the interviews I've read and uh, they were very much um, telling him that this is his, his life and he can share it on his own terms. And I think that they really handled it. Um, as best they could. For sure, for sure. Let's uh, let's not end on that. That's I don't want to end on that. But uh, going into next, you know, next time on Survivor, um, it was just neat seeing the dramatics that's growing out. And I think, you know, the best social player out there is going to the guy with all the cool bag of tricks. So three plus tie. I, that's what I got from the promo. Did you get anything else that I didn't get with his promo coming up for this the episode before the finale? Yeah, I saw Brad um, get upset, too. I think about something that Michaela said. I think that was the only other thing I noticed. That's a big thing. So there's already a bit of a rift because Michaela's swung against his ally. So I could see some some tension there. And just, you know, curious to see how it all pans out. So Yeah, um, definitely an exciting season. Can't wait to see uh, who ends up winning this because it could honestly be Pretty much anybody. I mean, there, there's a few people, I think, that you could say uh, they, they probably won't. But uh, the majority of them left, I think I could definitely see winning this thing. Sure, for sure. Are you going to be uh, Are you going to be out there at this next finale? Are you going to be just at home? What, what's your game plan? Are you gonna, will I be running into you in two weeks or not? I'm just curious. <laughs> Unfortunately not. I don't think I'll be able to make uh, this finale. But... Uh, definitely we'll be watching it from home and I hope to yeah. make um another finale in the future. You know, I think that'd be really cool going to a survivor finale and um kinda like seeing it unfold. That that sounds really cool. Cool. Well we hope to get you down at if you if the schedule ever works down at uh Rally for Diabetes. It's uh it's right around the neck of the woods you're in a fair amount of time now. So we'll hopefully that, that can work. And Sherry, I don't wanna uh, in this, if you didn't have anything else you want to say, but I will. I appreciate you coming on and talking about this episode, man. I really, you're second from your season, so I will hopefully have more, 
more of you guys come by, but thank you. Sherry, do you have anything before, you know, if Will wants to leave? I don't know if we want to talk about the show anymore. But I'm good. I just want to thank Will for joining us tonight, and uh hope we get to talk to you again soon. Thank you. Yep, absolutely. Anytime you guys want to talk. Thanks, man. Yep, see you around. Bye. All right. Bye. Take care, Will. Awesome. Will's great. He was he and Sunday were the first two from their their group to get to kind of interact with the last finale and just some great perspectives and it's uh it's just an amazing show and I'm I'm so glad I'm obsessed with it and I care about it. But as I've told everyone, it's not just a TV show for me. These are living, breathing people, not just the ones that are on the TV screen, but the hundreds of people that bring all aspects of it together. It's a it's a huge machine and it's a it's a huge part of my life and I it always it'll probably it always will be. There's other things that are very important to me now that are shadowing Survivor is getting shadowed, which is good. But I just I just love this show, Sherry. And I I don't think I'll ever not love it. Well, it's definitely one of the best shows out there and I'll never forget. You know, I've been like I told you many times. I I've been watching it since it first came on CBS, and uh, started watching Eco Challenges before mm-hmm. Survivor, and um, saw the commercial for Survivor when I was watching Eco Challenges with my husband, and. From day one, we've watched Survivor, and I've seen every episode. And so it's, you know, it's a big part of my life, too. And they keep it fresh by always changing it up a little bit, you know, keeping it, keeping us on the edge of our seats by doing something a little different with each season to always always keep it, keeping us coming back to find out what they're changing up and how they're doing it a little different each season. Yep. And by doing that, it doesn't get stale, it doesn't get old. And look how long it's lasted. It has. The lasting, and I think the one thing that the ultimate meta twist is to do a season without any twist. That back to basics, back to Borneo, 16 people, two tribes, no immunity idols, no tribe swaps, no exile, no Cochran hanging out on a boat, none of that stuff, just a straight-up season. I think that'd be really neat. And maybe if they – I know they can't get BB back, but – and then Stacy will never do it in 100 years, but you get the 14 Borneo people and two from Australia – Deb and Kel or Mitchell and Mad Dog, and then go play back back to basics. I don't Man, think that would be so happen. awesome. You know, I would love more than anything to see a back to basics uh, season. But you know what? I think it would drive just Prost up a wall. <laughs> yeah, with Greg Greg Buis talking into a a coconut <laughs> and everybody else. Richard Hatch running around naked and Sue getting mad at Richard and Rudy, my God, I can't even imagine Rudy trying to play. He'd probably 
still be have a lot of grit and determination, but it's something neat to do. Maybe a pre-All-Stars back to basics. You know, pre-merge people. Bring them all back. Have them hash it out. I think Jeff Trofs is so used to all the new twists and everything he can, you know, pull out on the people now. And uh, that kind of thing that I think a season where he can't pull out twists and do all the stuff that he does, I think it would drive him crazy. Yeah, he probably won't, but it'd be neat if they did. There's a lot of people out there that would really love to see that come to fruition. There's a lot of people out there that really want to see that back-to-basics season again. Well, we'll get an online petition, and maybe they'll listen, but probably not. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you say something like that on Twitter, there's numerous people that agree with you every single time want to see that back to basics up, you know, season again. So <clears> I know there, you know, so we'll see. there's lots of people out there that would love that, you know, but whether they'd ever do it again, I don't know. I don't either. I don't, um, I don't have any, uh, I don't have a guest lined up and then we'll probably need to talk off the show about, the finale, the post finale. I'll be somewhere in Colorado the Thursday after the finale, but I'll have a lot of stories to talk about. Uh, my 15th or 16th finale weekend, and uh, Isabel's first, so maybe we'll just do a show together in which you can hear her perspectives. We'll be in the car driving oh, around Colorado, so <laughs> that would be awesome to have the two of you talk about it. Well, we'll get somebody rustled up for next week. For I'm not sure who, but we'll we'll get somebody or somebody's. Somebody or somebody, huh? Yep. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up for tonight, and I will post online and on Twitter, or on on Facebook and on Twitter, uh, when you let me know who your guest will be next week. And until then. We're going to close for tonight. I want to make sure that we say Happy Mother's Day to everybody out there who is a mother, has a mother. All that kind of thing. Happy Mother's Day out there to all of our listeners. Absolutely. All of your support. Join us. On Monday, for the Manic Monday show with Michelle Costa from Big Brother Season 10 at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. I know Suzette will be back with us, and I'm not sure who the other guest will be, but I know she's going to have somebody great. Again, that's 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central for Manic Mondays with Michelle Costa from Big Brother Season 10. We'll be talking about Big Brother Canada Season 5. So we're going to wrap up tonight's show. Make sure you join us here again next Thursday for Mike and the Mike with Mike Albright, the number one Survivor fan in the world. 
Here's Rhonda to take us out for the night. Again, happy Mother's Day, everybody out there. And have a great weekend. Good night, all. Take care. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all of my listeners, thank you guys, and thank you all for coming in. bless you and thank you for listening to the show and it was a great one one last little mention before we go the 13th is my hubby's birthday so I want to say happy birthday to my hubby and the 15th is our anniversary so I want to say happy anniversary to my husband too so I had to get that in there before we close So, Mike, say goodnight. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, all. Have a great weekend. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.